Be of God with the reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and wondered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native tongue? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pondos and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own language the mighty works of God. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and proclaimed, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some of the people said, This is really the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem? the village where David was. So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. 
the officers then went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Are you led astray, you also? Have any of the authorities or of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, who do not know the law, are accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and you will see that no prophet is to arise from Galilee. Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In a Peanuts cartoon, Lucy demanded, as she often did, of Linus that he change the TV channel, characteristically threatening him with her fist if he didn't. What makes you think you can walk right in here and take over? asks Linus. These five fingers, says Lucy, individually they're nothing, but when I curl them together like this into a single unit, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. Which channel do you want? asks Linus. Turning away, he looks at his own fingers and he says, why can't you guys ever get organized like that? Now concord and agreement is a good thing when done for the sake of some good. But when concord and agreement lead to some form of evil, such as Lucy's five fingers coming together as a fist to threaten and frighten Linus, such unity is also itself evil. Therefore, we could say that there is holy and unholy unity. Of the unholy type, we read in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10 and following. My son, do not let the ungodly lead you astray, and do not agree with them if they invite you, saying, Come with us, take part in bloodshed, and let us hide a righteous man in the earth unjustly, and let us swallow him just as Hades does the living. Cast your lot among us and with us, and let us acquire a common bag let there be one purse for us. Holy unity, on the other hand, is expressed by those who say, 
Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and we may walk in his paths. As we read in Micah chapter 4, verse 2. One of the hymns from today's great and holy feast of Pentecost also contrasts holy and unholy unity. It says, When the power of the divine spirit came down, it divinely united into one harmony the voice that had been divided of old of those who had wickedly agreed together. As to believers, it gave understanding of knowledge of the Trinity in which we have been established. So what exactly is this hymn trying to teach us? Well, first, it instructs us to look back to those who had, quote, wickedly agreed together to build that Tower of Babel, which we read about in Genesis chapter 11. The men of that time, full of arrogance and pride, united against God, saying to one another, quote, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower so that its top might stretch into the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. You can see here, brothers and sisters, that these people sought an unholy unity, a concord of wickedness and conceit, for they wanted to lift themselves up into the heavens, but without the help or acknowledgement of the God of heaven. They wanted to make a name for themselves, but without the name of God in their hearts, minds, or their conversations. And is this not all but too familiar unto us? Is it not true that so many in today's world seek to accomplish great things while leaving no place for God in their work? Is it not true that arrogant modern man flexes his ego in the name of massive technological leaps and advances, giving no credit to the God who has created the very intellect with which we do these things. Indeed, another metaphorical Tower of Babel is again being erected by an unholy unity and conquered of godless people, even seeking to prove to themselves and to the rest of the world that there is no need for God anymore whatsoever. Man is the measure of all things and the center of the universe, they will say. This is a barren and a godless, fruitless humanism, the main current rushing over the globe. And I have no idea how God has remained so patient in enduring our wickedness. It can't be too long before he decisively acts, as he did in Babel when he came down to confuse their language and scatter those united against him. But in contrast to the hubris committed by the builders of the ancient and the modern Tower of Babel, the day of Pentecost stresses the holy unity of the church. Returning again to the hymn referenced earlier, once again it says, when the power of the divine spirit came down at Pentecost, it divinely united in one harmony the voice that had been divided of old 
of those who had wickedly agreed together. As to believers, the Holy Spirit gave understanding of the knowledge of the Trinity. So Pentecost is really an anti-Babel event. The Holy Spirit now unites into one those who recognize God, the Holy Trinity, and believe in the oneness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The divine unity of the Godhead is the absolute and utter unity, concord, and harmony that we are called to live as Christians with one another. God in himself is community, love shared between three eternal persons. And if we properly receive and are open through a pure life to the workings of the Holy Spirit within us, we too will reflect that same divine love and harmony and become one even as God is one. This is what the church is, brothers and sisters. A multitude of diverse people united in that love of God, reflecting and living the absolute and eternal oneness of the Trinity in whose image we have been created. Only the Trinity can be a God of love, for the Father loves the Son and the Spirit, the Son loves the Father and the Spirit, and the Spirit loves the Father and the Son, an eternal communion of love. This is how, and this is why, it can truly be affirmed that God is love, as St. John the theologian writes in his first letter. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, let's envision them, all tuned to the same tuning fork, are automatically tuned to each other? Those 100 piano, pianos are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to the one standard. Let us then in the same way, brothers and sisters, individually tune ourselves to that Holy Trinity, the God of love and unity, through obedience to God's word and his commandments. Because then we will automatically be in tune with one another and work in the communion of the Holy Spirit for the good of all and everyone around us with one heart and with one mind. To the God of unity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit be the power and the glory forevermore. Amen. Let me stand at this time.